0: Practical wisdom from the first leader of the Christian Church in Jerusalem. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we study James and how to put our faith into action. So at the last episode, we were in James chapter 3, verses 17. Uh, We ended at verse 17 and we talked about uh, taming the tongue and about how important the tongue is In your life how important the words that you have in your life how they can spark wildfires and we should be very careful about how we speak and the words that we say and we should be very careful about using our words to uplift instead of destroy that's part of being a follower of Jesus Christ an ambassador for the kingdom we're gonna we're gonna move into something else today we're gonna talk about wisdom And I think what I'll do just to start off is read James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come. Oh, this is so good. So, first of all, what is wisdom? If you'll remember in the Old Testament, the story of Solomon, God says, uh, What would you like? You can have power, wealth, fame, riches, you know, all this, or you can have wisdom. And Solomon chose wisdom. And God said, Smart choice, young man. Because you have choice and wisdom. I will give you all these other things. Wisdom is the root and the foundation of all those other things. Wisdom is so valuable. What is wisdom? Wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge is basically book learning, knowledge is understanding the facts, understanding how things operate. You go to school and you learn a lot of facts. This is how to solve a Pythagorean theorem. This is how to uh, complete the square. I am mathematical terms. This is the history of the United States. All of these things are knowledge. But at some point, you have to take this knowledge and you have to apply it to your life and the situations around you. And that, my friends, is wisdom. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It grows. Wisdom is something that is so valuable and beneficial in your life. When you're getting ready to decide major decisions in your life, wisdom is taking all the information that you've learned and then moving forward into a path that's unknown because you can never know the path that's unknown and using all of the resources that you've had, the wisdom that you have inside you, the wisdom of others around you to make the decision. That is wisdom. And there's individual wisdom, and there's group wisdom. There's wisdom that comes from within you. There's wisdom that comes from friends or small groups or associates or people that have gone through this sort of thing before. And all of those things are great wisdom. And there's also wisdom that comes from God. If you remember in James chapter 1, it said, If anybody lacks wisdom, ask from God, and he will give it generously. So wisdom is also a gift from God. When you, It doesn't say if you do X, Y, or Z, God will grant wisdom to you generously. No. It says in Scripture that if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. And so we should constantly be asking in our prayer life, God, grant me wisdom to, to do the things that you want me to do, to go in the paths that you want me to take, to do the things of life that you call me to. One of the, uh, was it St. Francis of Assisi who said, God grant me the, uh, the wisdom to accept the things, or the, you know, the, but the courage to change the things I can, uh, to the humility to accept the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom is a very, very powerful thing. And I might add that it's probably lacking in this world today, right? It's uh, there. It is hard to find people who are truly wisdom. Well, what is what kind of wisdoms are there? Well, well, James is talking about it here in James chapter three says there's two kinds of wisdom who is wise and understand you let him show it by their good deeds by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But there's a second kind of wisdom. If you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart's then you boast about and deny the truth. That wisdom does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So there's two types of wisdom out there. The wisdom that comes from God that's demonstrated by a life of fruit, of good deeds done in humility, where it's not about us and about our agenda and our desire, but it's more about God and His agenda and His desire for our life. Right? In the Lord's Prayer, Lord... um, our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven that constant desire in our life to let god penetrate deep in our hearts and to let it let it not be about us but what about but what god has for our life that's true wisdom there's a whole bunch of stuff that we want in our life and when we're kids we want i want this it, like we just went through christmas Uh, we had a, oh, it's interesting. Um, Somebody placed a bag of pistachio peanuts on my desk and there's no note attached with it. So if any of you know who put this bag of pistachio peanuts on my desk, I'd really, really appreciate knowing who it is. Because as far as I know, somebody may have told me about it, but I don't remember uh, who it is. But there's a beautiful, and I love pistachio peanuts and it's on my desk. And I just want to make sure who I should thank for it. Now, if it's a anonymous thing, then thank you anonymously. But if you, if it's like, Oh, I need to tell pastor where that came from, then please tell me. So anyway, it reminded me of a story of one of my daughters who at Christmas time received a bag of pistachio peanuts. She had been out with my parents and they'd gone to this place that was selling pistachios. And so my daughter had these, and she shelled them and she ate the whole thing. She loved pistachio peanuts. And so at Christmas time, my parents, being very thoughtful and generous, wonderful people, saw a bag of pistachio peanuts and gave it to my daughter. And she got just as many presents as all the other children, but she, on top of that, got a bag of pistachio peanuts. And she looked at that, and she was kind of a little bit put out by it. Of course, it was a teaching moment. It's like, this is a gift. You should, it was a gift specialized for you. You should thank your, your grandma and granddad for this gift. But there was a little bit of, you know, when you're young, all the presents that you open at Christmas time, you're looking for Barbie dolls. You're looking for dresses. You're looking for all the things that little girls want around the Christmas time, and you open up a bag of pistachio peanuts. And, and I don't even remember how old she was, maybe four or five or six or something like that. She just she just put on that frowned face and was very, put out by the fact that she got a bag of pistachio peanuts. So, um, but that's, that's growth and wisdom, right? At some point you you become wise and you understand the sacrifice that somebody made to understand, Hey, you like pistachio peanuts. Here's some pistachio peanuts. So I, I was reminded of that story yesterday because of this bag of pistachio peanuts that ended up on my desk. So anyway, that's part of wisdom is understanding God's will and trying to take all the information and knowledge and apply it, but and apply it in a way that is kingdom centered. That's wisdom number one. Wisdom number two is different. Wisdom number two is where you take all this knowledge and you apply it and you make choices, but you make them not for the kingdom, but for your own selfish desires and ambitions. Now, where does this come into play? If somebody comes to you and asks for your opinion... This, this is where wisdom really is challenging because there's two ways to give your opinion, right? Way number one is to say, this is how I believe God's will is in the world and maybe in your life. And objectively looking at it and saying, here's, here's how you can become closer to God in his will, you can be more aligned with God's will with these things than not. And that's a very impartial way of looking at wisdom. If somebody comes and asks you a question and and you're to give the answer, or to to give one of the answers that they're gonna be asking for, and they're looking for you for advice, and you take a kingdom approach, then you are in line with godly wisdom. But another way to look at that, or another way to respond to that, Will be to say somebody comes in, and now it's about you, and it's about your desires and about what you'd like to see in the world, and the problems that you see in the world, and now uh, you want to give an answer that's that's going to help you in the world or help the movements or causes that you're in. So this is one of the reasons why I very rarely, if ever, share kind of what I'm doing politically because. I don't, want, I don't want my advice to be based upon the politics of the day, even though I personally might have some ideas about what's wrong with the world and where the world is going and all that sort of thing. When somebody comes and asks for my advice, I want to be in line with God's will. And God's will, believe it or not, supersedes anything that this world has to offer. That means it supersedes all governments, it supersedes all politicians, it supersedes all political or social parties that get together. I mean, all of that stuff that's world created, God's will supersedes that. And so deep wisdom, the worldly wisdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, kind of supersedes that. And we, as a person who's who's delving out wisdom, should not say what's in it for me and my personal agenda and how can I build up me and the things that I believe in you know are going to help this world but kind of transcends that and says this is the eternal truths of God and this is where he this is what he says in scripture and these are the things that he talks about and give uh, thy kingdom come thy will be done type of wisdom on the earth that my friends is godly wisdom And if you violate that if you if you change it to be about who you are and about your desires and all that sort of things you're going down this other type of wisdom which is selfish wisdom or earthly wisdom and that wisdom does not come down from heaven but it's earthly and it's unspiritual and james here says it's demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and every evil practice So James even goes farther to say, if you're dishing out that kind of wisdom, if you're dishing out wisdom that doesn't come down from God and furthers his kingdom, because you've got selfish ambitions and it's even unspiritual and demonic and there's disorder and there's evil practices. But listen to what James says. He says, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure. What does pure mean? It means uh, the the image I have for purity is that there's pure gold, right? In ancient, well, probably they do even today, right? They boil the gold to to a high temperature and out of that gold flows impurities to the top because the gold is one of the heaviest metals there is. And so the impurities always flow to the top. And you take this little scoop, there's a name for it, and you scoop off that dross, that's what it's called on the top, the dross, you scoop off the dross and you throw that away. What's left remaining is pure gold. That's purity. And so as God works in your life and heats you up and puts you through trials and temptations. Remember in James 1, we were talking about how blessed it is to be, you know, to have trials and temptations in your life. Why? Because through those trials and temptation, God is heating you up and he's allowing the dross to come to the top and to pull that dross off and to purify you and to make you gold. People like that in your lives, and you know who they are. People like that in your life who are who have been purified, who've been trialed through temptation, had trials and tribulations, life and they come through it out of the other side, and they've seen the hand of God working in their life. These are the people that that understand life at a deeper level and the, and the advice and the wisdom that they that they impart to you is pure. It's not uncluttered by the things of this world. It's been refined by God. And now it's that that pure wisdom. Now, none of us ever give pure wisdom advice. We're human. We fail in many, many ways. And so even if we think we're giving great, pure advice at some level, it is about our own agenda and not about the agenda of God but as life goes on and as you get older and older and as your roots get stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper then you become that big huge tree planted by this tree of water and people come and they ask your opinion on things and they're looking for your wisdom and and you can grant that wisdom this is this is the great benefit of being a grandparent. Now, my grandchildren have not come to me asking about wise things yet. That probably will happen when they're in their 20s. And if God grants me long enough life, maybe in their 30s, maybe in high school. I don't know. I haven't had any grandchildren that age yet. So this is all new to me. But I look at some of you who are probably grandparents out there, and you have such a tremendous benefit and blessing in your life because you are Older and wiser and God has kind of formed you and shaped you and taken some of the dross off of you and you're more pure in your your life. And so uh, the fact that you can help your grandchildren in the way of their life is a huge, huge, huge blessing in their lives. Because, you know, they've got their parents. I understand that. But the parents, like my, my daughter, who's what, in her 30s? She's 30 or 31 or 32. Um, she, I mean, she's still a young pup. She thinks she's got it all figured out, right? But at 31, you're just beginning to figure out most of the things of life. And um, you don't realize that until you get older. And those of you that are in your 70s or 80s or or whatever 60s, 70s, you have so much more wisdom than any of us young pups, right? I'm still in my 50s, so'm I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the things of life. I look to I look to those older, mature adults that have lived life, that have been shaped and molded by God and look at their example and and ask for their advice on things. These are the things like that's why I'm having breakfast with my father next week is because he's an older, wiser person who's experienced life and helps me with some of the struggles and challenges I have in my current situation, in my place in life. And that those are so, so valuable things. And so if you are older, what I, I would say to you, you are a blessing to the kingdom. And I thank God for each and every one of you. And I pray that you use God's wisdom for the benefit of the kingdom. Because you've been, you've been, pure, you've seen life in its, in its, you know, you've, you know what childhood is life. You, you know what marriage is life and parenthood is life and like, and you know what, what having, you know, having grandkids and living through all that. And you, and you're in the age now where you can just impart incredible amount of wisdom. So so back to verse 17. Wisdom is pure. It's peace-loving. The one of the things that you see the older you get, I think is that you're looking for the world not to destroy itself, but to to bring peace to the world. So the advice that you give is bringing God's peace into the world. The God's the wisdom that you're looking for is that peaceable wisdom. Where where you're not fighting each other. Can you just just briefly how much energy has been spent in washington fighting each other as opposed to grabbing hands and joining together to find real solutions to real problems and it's i'm not talking about just the current situation right now i'm talking about pretty much my whole entire life where i've studied politics and i think about these all all these think tanks and organizations and they all have their idea of how what's going to solve the world and and so they they fundraise and they come up with ideas and then they try to promote through lobbyists their ideas in the political spectrum. There's nothing wrong with that. But then they spend a tremendous amount of time and energy fighting the other side saying, our ideas are better and your ideas are bad. And I don't know how much of Washington's time, talent, uh, you know, time and treasure and emphasis and all of this is spent on fighting the other side. And I'm guessing that when, a, when we were new as a country, we probably spent maybe 95% of our time really trying to find solutions. But now I would say that maybe about 95% of our time is spent fighting each other, and maybe only five or 10% is actually really trying to find solutions. And that's a horrible thing. That's a very, very bad mismanagement and use of the stewardship of the gifts of the American people that goes to Washington. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit on my soapbox here, and I I'm sorry about that. But just think about how much could get done if we would put some of the anger and the the fighting aside and just simply find the common solutions move forward. The problem is, is that we've we become so polarized as a nation that, that uh, once you become to a point, then, then it's kind of beyond the point of return. And I don't know how it gets back. That's an aside. People with wisdom are peace-loving. They're considerate. They think about the, the things of other people and they, they consider other people's positions. They, they really, really, really listen to them and they consider that. They're submissive. What does it mean by submissive? It's not about the goals that we have in life. It's about the goals that God has in life. They're full of mercy. They're full of good fruit. I love this image we have of a a wise person in the kingdom that's got deep roots and it's a big trunk and there's lots and lots of fruit. Well, they've got good fruit and lots of it coming off their tree. They're impartial. This is probably the hardest one. Is to be impartial because i have an agenda i have things that i want to get done and are they god's agenda i don't care I, they're my agenda and i want them to get done well, if somebody comes ask you you know asking for wisdom it shouldn't be about your agenda it should be about god's agenda and when it's about god's agenda then you are impartial and you're sincere So you really, 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 really listen and you try to separate your partiality from God's partiality and you try to direct people in God's partiality. And what is God's partiality? It's his holy word. It's the things that he's revealed to us through the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the the gospels, the, the letters of Paul, all of these things that come to us in the Old Testament, all of these things come to us as God's word And these should help and shape the wisdom that we give to other people. It says, Peacemakers sow in peace. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. I like that. So when you follow these things, when God uses you to be a person of wisdom in the world, to impart his knowledge and his truths in the world, you will reap a harvest. Of righteousness, which is got you know, our standing with God, that we're we are righteous before God because of the work of Jesus Christ. That's called justification. And then another part of it is sanctification, that that justification, sanctification happens when you are a peacemaker with godly wisdom, that you helps lead people to the fact that they know that Jesus has won the battle, that you are safe and secure in the kingdom. But secondly, that God's Spirit is active and and alive in this world. And when you ask God for wisdom, He'll give it to you and He'll help you make the choices of life. Here's what God's Word says about it, but pray God for His wisdom in your life and He freely grants it, according to James 1. Ask and He will freely give without any restrictions, none whatsoever. You simply ask God, God, help me with this decision help me to, to go in the direction you want me to go. And he always grants. It doesn't, there's no restrictions on that in James one. So the path that you go, if you ask God for wisdom and you go down a path, that is the path that God blesses. And God may have several different paths in front of you. You can do path A, B or C or whatever, whatever path you go down, if you've asked God for wisdom, he will mold and shape that path and make it the path for you. It's kind of this dynamic of free will and yet God working in the world and in our lives to make all things work for good. All of that kind of comes together by simply asking God for wisdom and seeking out mature Christians in your life that have gone through these struggles before and that they're imparting their wisdom. That is that is simply the joy of living in this world, being surrounded by people who have lived life in Jesus and have and have <laughs> seen the hardships and, and the great joys and the blessings and, and gone through it. And you know who these people are because you've had them in your life and, and uh, they were helpful to shape your life and mold your life. I think uh, so. That takes us to the end of James chapter thirteen. So when we meet again on Tuesday, we'll get into James chapter fourteen. But these are really, really good. I love the book of James. It has so much good stuff in it. So as we get ready to uh, to depart today, would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we pray for your wisdom in our life. We thank you for the wisdom of people whom you've placed in our lives that have gone through life and have been purified through the trials and tribulations of life. Lord, help us to see that you have won the war for us, but that you're with us in the battle, and that when we ask for wisdom, you grant that freely. This we ask in your Son's name. Amen.